Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is an apostrophe podcast production. We regret to inform you, the Rejection Podcast. It's just hard to sit in a room full of 150 people and not get picked. Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet bounced a basketball for the first time when he was five years old. His father, Fred Sr., had been a local high school basketball star, eager to pass along his wisdom to his sons. It was 1999 in Rockford, Illinois, a city about 90 miles northwest of Chicago. Rockford's crowning glory is the 1970s rock group Cheap Trick, But by the 90s, it was gaining a reputation for very different reasons. Forbes ranked Rockford the third most miserable city in America. One in 10 Rockford residents are victims of a crime, ranking the city among the most dangerous in the country. Rival gangs were at war over the distribution of crack cocaine, each staking claim over selling territory a war that would permeate every corner of the city. And that same year that Van Vliet learned how to dribble, his mother got a phone call that would shatter their world in a matter of seconds. Van Vliet's father was shot and killed in a drug deal gone awry. She was now tasked with raising her two sons alone in a dangerous city. Van Vliet later said an air of hopelessness hung over Rockford, Illinois, that there were no role models, only would-be role models. 
talented men and women that would have made it out if they hadn't gotten into drugs, if they hadn't gone to prison, or if they hadn't been killed. Cheap Trick's lead guitarist Rick Nielsen says the old adage, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, isn't exactly right. It's if you can make it in Rockford that you can make it anywhere. Over the next three years, Van Vliet's mother Susan worked multiple jobs to keep their lives afloat, all the while grieving and trying to explain to her confused young children why their father wasn't coming home. Both her sons showed a clear interest in basketball, so after work she coached their local team, working tirelessly to occupy their minds and keep them out of trouble. Then, one day, at a kids' basketball camp, Susan met another parent named Joe Danforth. Danforth had children from a previous marriage, two of which were also deeply entrenched in the sport. And the single parents got to talking. Danforth was a six-year military man turned 20-year Rockford City police officer. And he said meeting Susan that day was fate. Within weeks, their sons were calling each other brothers. And within one year, they had blended their families. The Van Vliet's moved in with the Danforths on the west side of town, just three blocks from the public housing area Danforth patrolled. Because he says, you can't fully commit yourself to anything without fully immersing yourself in it. A lesson he intended to pass on to his children, and now stepchildren. Discipline and commitment were the pillars of Danforth's identity, and he believed that in Rockford, they were also the two most critical ingredients to avoiding a fate that would befall so many. So he made a plan, a regimen, if you will, for their children to follow. It went something like this. After finishing his shift at 2 a.m., Danforth would come home, take off his uniform and sleep for three hours. Then at 5.30 a.m., he would wake up and stand at the base of the staircase in their home and yell to the boys who slept on the second floor to get up. He'd perform room checks, making sure their beds were made and there were no questionable items that needed confiscating. By 6 a.m., they were pulling into the YMCA parking lot, where they'd play a rigorous full-court one-on-one basketball game, wearing 30-pound weighted vests. If they weren't at the Y, they were in a seven-story parking garage, running sprints up the ramps and practicing ball handling. Then, Danforth would drop them off at school. Evenings consisted of household duties and chores, and Danforth kept close tabs on the after-school company his sons kept. Van Vliet said it was like living in a boot camp he hadn't signed up for. Danforth's deal was clear. If the boys did what they were told and found productive ways to stay off the streets, he would do everything in his power to help them achieve their goals. But it didn't matter. Van Vliet said he hated Danforth and resented him from that very first cold, dark 5.30 wake-up call. Every day as Van Vliet sprinted up the ramp or down the court, Danforth repeatedly drilled into him that he wasn't going to be average because anyone could be average. He 
was going to be somebody. Rain or shine or snow, Van Vliet and his brothers were outside on the street shooting hoops, using old socks as knee pads and duct taping the backboard when it inevitably cracked. Make no mistake, the pecking order was clear. As the baby, Van Vliet spent a lot of time sitting on the curb, watching his older siblings play and observing the game, unconsciously developing a degree of comfort in waiting his turn. But out of the three sons who were interested in basketball, it quickly became obvious that the youngest had the most potential. In sixth grade, Van Vliet tried out for an elite AAU team a highly competitive amateur youth sports team coached by former Toronto Raptor Antonio Davis. And he made the cut. It meant a lot of weekends spent away at tournaments and a lot of money spent on things like memberships, uniforms, hotel rooms, and travel. But Danforth was true to his word. Sometimes he and Susan would have to miss a mortgage payment or max out their credit cards to get their son onto the court. But if he was committed and putting everything he had into the sport, so would they. Over the next few years, the realities of Rockford that kept his parents up nights started to set in for Van Vliet. As he entered middle school, a number of young girls in his class became pregnant. Drugs and guns started appearing in the hallways. And by eighth grade, one of his friends was shot and killed. Suddenly, the gravity of his situation felt like a weighted vest he couldn't take off, and his parents' game plan became crystal clear. The orange pebbled leather between the pads of his fingers was his meal ticket. In his freshman year of high school, Van Vliet followed in his biological father's footsteps and joined his school's varsity team. But right off the bat, there was a problem. Not every player on his team was waking up at 5.30 to run parking garage sprints. In other words, Van Vliet became irritated that his fellow teenagers weren't taking the game as seriously, that they weren't willing to put in the work. He started taking his frustration out on the team in the middle of practice, yelling and calling them names. Until one day when Danforth had enough. He picked up his stepson by his jersey and dragged him off the court. He explained to him that if there was anything he'd learned in the military, besides the benefit of a regimented schedule, it was that a general needs the loyalty of his or her troops. That there was a difference between being tough and being mean and the latter wouldn't inspire a single teammate on the court to play their hardest. And from that moment on, it was like a switch flipped. No more names, no more losing his cool. His mother said he emerged from that conversation a changed man. Steady Freddy. Van Vliet's biological father stood at six foot eight, a high school basketball coach's dream. But as his son reached his final growth spurt, it was obvious the only thing he'd inherited from his father was his name. Van Vliet peaked right around the six-foot mark, short. For reference, the average NBA player stands six foot seven. So naturally, Van Vliet was assigned the most suitable position for his stature, point guard. 
In his early days as a freshman, his coach said he wondered if Van Vliet wasn't physically ready to play varsity. But in his first game, the six-foot-nothing point guard had 11 assists. Staying out of trouble was no problem for Van Vliet for a few distinct reasons. The community started to rally around him. He became the pride of Rockford, the chosen one. Even the gang members at his school avoided him because no one wanted to be the reason that he never made it out of Rockford. And it didn't hurt that his stepfather was a cop. Van Fleet had an acute awareness that his own father was a cautionary tale, one he was determined to rewrite for himself. He didn't want a but attached to his story. And in his senior year, Van Vliet led his team to 22 straight wins, propelling them to the Illinois State Championship semifinals for the first time since 1975. His high school coach said Van Vliet was the single biggest factor in bringing the program back to prominence after a nearly 40-year slump. Van Vliet became the all-time leading scorer in Rockford Public School history, not just his own high school, but all four public high schools in the city. He broke every individual record, making him a shoe-in for Division I college offers. But come time to consider his options. Not one school in Illinois made him an offer. The head coach for Southern Illinois University came to watch him play once, but passed on recruitment. And beyond the borders of his home state, he wasn't recruited to any of the big-name colleges known for their basketball prowess. His high school coach said it all came down to his perceived shortcomings. Optically, he didn't look the part. He wasn't tall enough or arguably even athletic enough. But yet his stats spoke for themselves. He had a basketball IQ that was off the charts, an unquantifiable metric you might not gauge by observing a single game. Van Vliet said he took the rejection personally. It was then that he developed a chip on his shoulder, that he would always be underestimated. And we'll be right back. Van Vliet's parents couldn't afford to send their son to college. Everything was riding on a scholarship. And Van Vliet knew his best shot at a professional career hinged on getting into one of the top-ranked basketball schools. But with no interest from top coaches, he chose to turn his attention to where he was wanted. He'd received a few different offers from lesser-known colleges, and decided to accept a scholarship to play for Wichita State University. At the time, the WSU Shockers had only qualified for the U.S. University Basketball Championship Tournament, also known as the NCAA Tournament, one time in the previous 24 seasons. And they already had a starting point guard. But it was an offer. He said he didn't care if all they wanted him to do was lay towels on the bench for the other players. He was given an opportunity. He was going to commit and give them no choice but to start him. 
So in 2012, he picked up and moved from Rockford to the center of the country, Wichita, Kansas. In his first months at WSU, Van Vliet rode the bench. But he used that time to his advantage. He didn't sit at the far end. He sat closest to the coaches, listening in on their conversations and observing. And when the starters discussed plays, he always found ways to contribute and make his presence known. Over time, that attitude earned his team's respect and more minutes on the court. That year, the Shockers qualified for the NCAA tournament. But Van Vliet says his nerves got the best of him. Despite winning the first round, he didn't play well his first time on a national stage. In the second round, they were pit against Gonzaga, the number one seed, even more nerve-wracking. So Van Vliet spent the day before the big game practicing his three-point shooting and steadying his nerves. Then came the big game. With eight minutes left on the clock, WSU was down five, and the coaches made the decision to put their freshman point guard on the floor. It was a bold choice, but in a clutch moment like that, they wondered if his calculated understanding of the game would come through. With five seconds on the shot clock and only a minute 23 left in the game, Wichita State was up two, a tenuous lead over the number one seed. That's when the ball landed in the hands of one Fred Van Vliet. He says he just set his feet and launched the ball. And as he held his follow-through, he smiled. Van Vliet sunk the basket, a three-pointer. And with that shot, it was all but over. WSU won the game. That year, the Shockers shocked everyone when they made it all the way to the NCAA Final Four. WSU's coach said he slept easy knowing Van Vliet was his point guard. He'd gotten all his nerves out in the first game, and after that, he was calm. The team's academic advisor said Van Vliet was never frantic, and he was mature beyond his years. Steady Freddy. The following year, Van Vliet became WSU's starting point guard and led his team to an undefeated season, 31-0. The first team in over a decade to round out its regular season without a blemish. That streak earned Van Vliet the Larry Bird Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year Award and sailed the Shockers straight into the NCAA tournament for Van Vliet's second year in a row. This time, as the number one seed and number two ranked team nationally. They made it to the third round before being knocked out by Kentucky. But it was then that Van Vliet realized maybe a professional career in basketball wasn't a pipe dream and felt his already laser-focused zero in on three little letters. NBA. In his junior year, Van Vliet led the Shockers to what's known as the NCAA Sweet 16, the fourth round. He also joined his university's coveted 1,000-point club. And by his senior year, Fox Sports had Van Vliet pegged as the number one player in all of college basketball. 
He won the Larry Bird Player of the Year award for a second time and closed out his college career with a fourth trip to the NCAA tournament. Leaving the Wichita State Shockers a completely different program than he found them four years earlier. As his final year wound down, Van Vliet was scouted by 18 different NBA teams to come do what's called a workout with their players to get a closer look at his potential. He flew around the country to complete all 18 workouts in just 30 days, right off the heels of his senior season. It was mentally and physically exhausting. In 2016, Van Vliet graduated Wichita State University with a degree in sociology and high hopes for the 2016 NBA draft. Then, on June 23, 2016, it was the moment of truth. Van Vliet gathered 150 of his closest friends and family at a bar in his hometown of Rockford to watch the draft together. As CTV put it, Van Vliet footed the bill in anticipation of a big payday. Together, Van Vliet and 150 of his supporters, including his mother and stepfather, watched as 30 of his peers were selected in the first round and another dozen in the second. Then, Van Vliet's phone rang. It was his agent, so he stepped into another room to take the call. Every remaining NBA team had passed on Van Vliet, likely because he was too short. It was a crushing blow. 150 people in the other room were waiting to hear the news. Van Vliet said it felt like a concoction of emotions, sad, angry, disappointed, and embarrassed. The best offer he was going to get was a spot on a team's development league, or D-league, basically the basketball minors. But that was a huge step backwards in Van Vliet's eyes. D-League players earned around $20,000 a year, if they were lucky, with no guarantee of moving up into the big leagues. Van Vliet felt he was already good enough, experienced enough, and valuable enough as a player to play on a full NBA team. He didn't understand. What was the point of killing himself in those 18 workouts? But that's when his agent said three words that would cut through all the noise. He said, bet on yourself. Van Vliet said it felt like a movie. Time stood still. His agent explained that even though it's tempting to accept the only offer on the table, it isn't worth it if it means being pigeonholed into the D-League. They'd find another way. But for now, Van Vliet had to walk back over to his party and break the news to his family and friends. So Steady Freddy stepped up to the mic and told everyone what happened. He said he was disappointed, but not discouraged. He said the feeling of being underestimated wasn't foreign to him. He'd been against the odds his whole life, and he wasn't going to give up now. With no team in his corner, he would bet on himself, turn down the D-League offers, and go undrafted as a free agent. Together with his agent, Van Vliet weighed all his options. The objective was to showcase his abilities to the entire league, 
And one of the best ways to do that was by entering the NBA Summer League, an off-season competition for teams to test out new players. And that's when Van Vliet caught the eye of a man named Dan Tolzman, the general manager of the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors were looking to fill the 15th spot on their roster. And Tolzman said, despite Van Vliet's size, there was something about his toughness and basketball IQ that made him believe he could be a successful player one day. So Van Vliet was invited to join the Raptors Summer League, along with five other promising players in hopes of a second shot at the big leagues. After the last Summer League game in Washington, the five players vying for the Raptors' 15th spot filed off the plane. And right there in the airport hangar lobby, the Raptors' coaches held individual meetings with each of them to formally invite one player to join the team. Van Vliet watched as each player was summoned in until he was the last one sitting in the lobby. Then they called his name. The head coach told him that he had potential and some areas that needed improvement, but that they'd be happy to welcome him to the Raptors as their 15th man. Van Vliet let out a long exhale. The Raptors already had three point guards on their roster, including all-star Kyle Lowry. So what they offered Van Vliet was a different kind of deal. He would be part of both the NBA team as well as their D-League team, called Raptors 905. That way, he had the possibility of earning NBA playing time, but could also hone his skills in the minor leagues, earning a salary of about $700,000. It may not have been the deal he'd hoped for that day at the bar in Rockford, but it was infinitely better than the alternative. Van Vliet said it didn't matter if he was playing for the Raptors or the Raptors 905. He would put everything into it. He bet on himself that in no time, he'd prove to the coaching staff he was worthy. In 2016, Fred Van Vliet became the first Rockford native to make an NBA opening season roster. Soon, he made his NBA debut, playing 26 seconds against Oklahoma City. He said it was fleeting, but incredible. The culmination of everything he and his family had been working towards since he was five years old. In his fourth on-court appearance, he scored his first NBA points. Meanwhile, in the D-League, he became a starter. In their 2017 season, they went 39-11, and catapulting Raptors 905 to the playoffs. They won the first round, then the second. Then they made it to the championship, facing off against the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, a team that had made it to the finals four out of its previous eight seasons. For the far newer Raptors 905 team, it was their first time there. With Van Vliet and his teammate Pascal Siakam leading the charge, Raptors 905 won the 2017 D-League Championship. Van Vliet scored 28 points, 14 rebounds, and three steals, making him impossible to ignore. In the 2018 NBA season, Van Vliet started earning more and more playing time, 
averaging 8 points, 3 assists, and 2 rebounds in the 76 regular season games. He was nominated for the NBA Sixth Man of the Year Award, given to the best performing bench player, proving to Raptors assistant coach Nick Nurse that he was a key sub. Nurse said Van Vliet is short. He's not very fast, and he's clearly the underdog. But he wins in spirit, attitude, work ethic, and IQ. And those things are invaluable. That year, the Raps lost in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So management made some changes. They made Nick Nurse the head coach. They added Kawhi Leonard to their roster. And they signed Fred Van Vliet officially to a two-year NBA deal worth $18 million. On November 17, 2018, Van Vliet joined the Toronto Raptors starting lineup for the first time. Fittingly, in a game against the Bulls in Chicago, just 90 miles from his hometown of Rockford, Illinois. 300 of his friends, family, and supporters showed up to cheer on not their home team, but their home player. That energy pushed Van Vliet to a game-high 18 points, beating the Bulls 122-83. to Five months later, they were off to the playoffs. In the first round, they faced the Orlando Magic, where they lost the first game, but won the next four, advancing the Raptors to the next round. There, they came up against the Philadelphia 76ers in a taut, tension-filled series that deadlocked the teams at three games apiece. If they lost game seven, they were done. With only four seconds left in the game, the score was tied and the ball landed in the hands of Kawhi Leonard, who took a shot that stopped the hearts of millions as it inexplicably bounced four times on the rim before dropping through the basket, securing the Raptors a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals. This round against Milwaukee. But while the world bowed down to King Kawhi, Fred Van Vliet found himself in a major slump. He was averaging four points per game and shooting only 25% from the field, with the worst plus-minus rating on the team, meaning his opponents played best when he was on the court. Coach Nick Nurse began shortening his rotation, and to make matters even more stressful, Van Vliet got a call that his girlfriend had gone into labor. Between games against the Bucks, Van Vliet drove from Milwaukee to Rockford, Illinois to be with his family, then flew back just in time for the fifth game of the series. Exhausted, he took a quick nap, then headed to the stadium. That night, a different Van Vliet emerged. He scored 21 points, the adrenaline made him unstoppable, and his shooting percentage doubled. The Raps beat the Bucks 4-2 and advanced to the finals against the Golden State Warriors. In Game 6, Fred Van Vliet scored a playoff career high 22 points. It was a historic night because for the first time in franchise history, 
the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship. His mom and stepdad proudly watched him from the stands, and a tattoo for his deceased father peeked through his jersey. In just two seasons, Fred Van Vliet went from too small, undrafted underdog to development league champion to Raptors bench warmer to one of the most critical players in their NBA championship run. So critical, in fact, that aside from Kawhi Leonard, Van Vliet was the only other player to earn a finals MVP vote, all of which led to another record-breaking moment for Van Vliet. In 2020, the Toronto Raptors offered him a four-year, $85 million contract. It was an unprecedented offer because that offer made Fred Van Vliet the highest paid undrafted player in NBA history. If you can make it in Rockford, you can make it anywhere. When Fred Van Vliet's agent said those three words to him, it changed Fred's entire worldview. Even though there was only one offer on the table, he chose to turn it down. When you're striving to achieve something, there are numerous variables, like timing and opportunity and luck. But the one thing you can count on, the one thing you can control, is you. Fred Van Vliet was willing to roll the dice that his work ethic, his commitment, his persistence, and his basketball IQ would pay off. Even when he wasn't being played, he didn't sulk. He sat on the coach end of the bench. He was using his bench time to listen and learn. Let's talk about being underestimated. There is nothing more grinding, nothing more crushing than being underestimated and dismissed. But if you recalibrate your thinking, there is a big benefit to being underestimated because they don't see you coming. When you are discounted, people leave giant gaps for you to walk right through. When they miscalculate what you're capable of, you can squeeze through that gap and take them to school. When Van Vliet was underestimated by the big colleges, he took Wichita State to the NCAA tournament every year and led them to an undefeated season, becoming one of the few players in history to win multiple Larry Bird trophies. They didn't see him coming. His size should be a liability, but it isn't. He isn't explosive by NBA standards, but it isn't an impediment. He is an absolutely tenacious defender. 29 NBA teams underestimated him, but in doing so, they lost out on one of the most efficient catch-and-shoot three-point marksmen in the league. Now, those same teams have to battle steady Freddy. Every game. There's one more very important aspect to being underestimated. As Fred says, when you go through the fire, to take the bumps and the bruises. When you have to get it the hard way, it is so much sweeter to be at the top and know you earned it. That's a feeling you can take with you to your rocking chair days. The fateful night in 2016, when not one single NBA team drafted Fred Van Vliet, 
he sent out a three-word tweet. It just said, bet on yourself. Never, ever give up. Fred Van Vliet, high school, underdog, college, underdog, D-League, underdog, NBA, champion, bet on yourself. The Rejection Podcast is an apostrophe podcast production and is recorded in an Airstream mobile recording studio. This series is hosted and written by me, Sydney O'Reilly. We regret to inform you our research is by Allison Pinches, director Callie O'Reilly, engineer Keith Oman, producer Debbie O'Reilly, theme music by Ian Lefevre and Ari Posner. Major sources for this episode are listed in the show notes on our website, apostrophepodcasts.ca slash rejection. Follow us on social at apostrophepod. This series is executive produced by Terry O'Reilly. See you next time.